Hello and welcome to Just Bugs, an appreciation podcast for those oft-ousted creatures we humans call bugs, despite their official classifications. I'm your host, Savannah, and as always, I have my co-host, Matt, with me. Hello. Oh, are you sure you're Matt? Yes. (laughs) No, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) It's me, I'm here. Oh, good. Okay, good. I was very worried there for a second. And today, I'm going to tell you all about the Alcon Blue Butterfly. It's very cool looking. We're finally getting a butterfly. Had we not done one? I don't think so. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. First butterfly. What does Bambi say? Has it been too long since you've seen the movie Bambi? It has. I think he might say a flutterby. Does that feel right? Flutter. Well, they do flutter by. They do indeed. We're, we're going to call it a flutter by. All right. <laughs> okay, great. So the Alcon Blue Butterfly, the scientific classification, I believe, is Fengaris Alcon. It's spelled P-H, so it could be Pengaris, but probably no, it's probably Fen. Fen. It's probably Fengaris. <laughs> They are a part of the Lycinidae family of butterflies, which might sound very vaguely familiar as I very briefly mentioned them in a very recent episode. It's a lot of vaguely, vaguely recently. Mm-hmm. A lot of E or LYs. A lot of LYs. <laughs> sure. In that sentence. <laughs> I briefly mentioned them when we were talking about aphids because there was a type of ant that was taking care of the aphids. You remember that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, at the very end of that episode, I mentioned that there was a type of butterfly that also has a relationship with ants. Oh, yes. I remember now. Mm -hmm. This is that family of butterflies. Specifically, the Alcon blue butterfly is the one we're going to be talking about today. It is an insect, as all butterflies are. There's a special little classification for these guys known as a mirmec mm, I can do it mirmecophile mirmecophile yeah that's what we're going to go with it mirmecophile you want to know what that means yeah okay it means that it's an organism that lives with or shares a space with ants specifically ants specifically ants oh so not very many i would think of our mirmecophiles <laughs> See, you understand now. It's a hard word to say. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there's a few. Uh, There's this butterfly, and then there's aphids. I'm sure there's some other ones, lots of fungus or plant species, but that's about it, I believe. So, what do they look like? They are relatively small butterflies. They are 30 to 36 millimeters, which is about an inch to almost an inch and a half. And their color is like a very pale powdery blue color as far as like their body's concerned, almost white. And then their wings are like a darker blue on the inside when they're open, but when they're closed, they have like a similar dusty powdery blue color at the edges. And then it gets like a darker blue color that grade, that's like a gradient to a lighter color at the, at the base. And then it's got little dark spots and stuff. Yeah, it's a pretty solid description. Also of note, uh, the blue furry body looks very furry, like a pipe cleaner, yep. which is <laughs> which is really cute. And then the antenna have um, black and white alternating stripes, like yeah. 30 of them. Yes. Yeah. I love the little pipe cleaner. I think that's a very good uh, 
what is that word that I'm, a simile? Is that a thing? Um, it's a good word that sounds like the same thing. It looks like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're bad at words here, but we're doing great otherwise. I hope you guys can see it in your minds. <laughs> so it has two large compound eyes. They're actually pretty big, I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. For like the size of the butterfly, they're pretty large. And they've got two sets of wings, as all butterflies do, at least... To my knowledge, they've got the two sets of wings. The four wings are larger than the hind wings. That Typical tracks. butterfly wingness. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they do have an anatomical defense, but it's not, I guess it's not necessarily anatomical and more biological because it's a chemical defense and it's used primarily by the larva of the species. Oh, well, how does that work? It works very very interestingly, it's <laughs> it's how they interact with the ants that I'm going to tell you about in a little bit, but it's not necessarily a... Is it like a spit shot? No. Like shoot it on stuff? Or is it like a... It's a defense. Cream that they rub on them? Or... <laughs> no, it's like a chemical makeup that they, that they have um, in their skin that it makes it so that the ants don't attack them. And it actually makes it so the ants treat them as their own. But does it make them taste gross or something? It doesn't. Hmm. No, it's it's just only to make the ants convinced that the larva is an ant larva. Mm. Mm -hmm. So just like ant smells. Like ant smells, exactly. Like they're mm. not doing, the chemical defense is not a harmful defense, it, it, except in the way that it hurts the ants. What do you think babies? an ant smells like? Huh. Dirt? <laughs> I guess. I feel like it'd be spicy, though. Like spicy dirt. I'm embarrassed to say this, but when I was quite young, I, I am honestly quite ashamed of this, but a big kid when I was in kindergarten convinced me to eat an ant. And I remember it being pretty sour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sour, spicy. I haven't tried them yet myself, but maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that was a black ant. And these are red ants. They're actually European red ants. I think fire Those ants, Those are actually. usually the spicy version. Red is I usually spicier. I would assume spicier. My goodness. <laughs> That's enough about what they taste like. No, was, what do they it? smell like? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought we determined dirt. <laughs> oh, yeah, spicy dirt, okay. Spicy dirt, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> so, as we mentioned, flutterbys, they do cutely flutter about when they're flying. Mm -hmm. Butterflies fly so funny. It's, it's like throwing a piece of paper. It's like swaying back and forth. It's never like a straight line. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that old phone game like Flappy Bird where it's mm. it's like they're heavy and then they're like they're just fluttering just enough to keep them up and then they sink <laughs> a little bit and then they they and then they flutter a little more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I do. I don't know if anyone else has re remembers that game, but I remember being terrible at it. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I feel like if they didn't flap, they would fall kind of thing. Hmm. Well, I can't speak I to that. Like. <laughs> I can't speak to that at all. I don't know the dynamic of their their flight maneuvering. All right, we'll we'll <laughs> get a couple. We'll we'll get some strings and we'll race them and we'll see how they do. Okay, I think the strings might be like a contributing factor to their flight pattern, but I like it in theory. The long string. We are getting so off on the tangent <laughs> right now. So where are they located? They live in like damp meadow areas and usually below 1,000 meters sea level. 
They live below the sea. No, no, no. In damp areas. <laughs> Isn't everything below the sea damp? I don't know. No, it's not in the ocean, sir. <laughs> so they just live in meadows, okay? And they live in Europe. But you said below, a thousand feet below the sea, so like... No. There's not that many, very many places that are actually below sea level that much, I don't think. No, I'm, what I'm saying is like, it's it, they don't live below a thousand meters. They live like, like a thousand meters is here, then there's sea Within level. Within it? Yes. Okay, within. Yes. I was like, I don't know very many things below sea level, and especially <laughs> yeah. meadows. Like, it seems like kind of rare. Yeah, that's what I meant. You got it. And honestly, I found that in only one source, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so they live in Europe. They live in parts of Portugal, Greece, Pyrenees, uh, France, Germany, and, you know, a couple other little places in between. And they can be seen from mid to late summer, usually. That's, that tracks. Yes. I don't know if I see very many winter butterflies, you know, with like beanies and gloves on or anything. Ooh, so cute. <laughs> Aw. That sounds adorable. With little mittens on all their six legs. Yeah. Aw. Of course. That doesn't exist, but it should. So what do they eat? I had a very hard time finding what the butterfly adults eat, but I know a lot about what the babies eat. Well, do with what you got. <laughs> okay. So their entire like life cycle is based around a plant called the marsh gentian, which is apparently a purple flower. Oh, well, I see why they're attracted to it. Mm -hmm. Purple's in a very nice color. It is. Purple flower is very pretty. So essentially the mom will lay her eggs in this flower and then the caterpillar will feed on the flower before dropping to the ground and starting a different part of the cycle that involves the ants. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know too much about mating, but I am going to get into it a little bit because, you know, I can't leave it out. Very it's important. your favorite part, yeah. <laughs> the males are born first, not born, they hatch first and they come out of the earth first. And they are likely the ones to choose the females rather than the females choosing the males, probably because of this, that they're out first. Oh, that's a nice change. I mean, I feel like it's usually, usually the other way around. Yeah. So the males will be seen flying around like ant nests, pretty low to the ground, probably looking for a lady. And they're often seen mating with females who wing whose wings are not yet expanded, which I will get into why that could be, but it essentially means that they were just hatched. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess... Um, They're sexually yeah. mature. It's fine. Okay. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are adults. They are adults at this point. <laughs> oh, and one little fun fact, fun for me, not so much for you. They mate backwards. Like, they, they mate with their butts touching and they're facing the other direction. Oh, I was thinking their face is touching. Mm -mm. I was like, how does that work? I don't know how that would butts work. Butts touching makes way more sense. But they're facing away from each other. I think that's is so that, funny. Is that not normal? No. Usually it's like... Well, we oh, have I guess you're, <laughs> right. To get into you're it. right. You're right. <laughs> so the life cycle. I mentioned that the eggs are laid on the flower buds of this marsh gentian plant. The female butterfly will lay 80 to 100 eggs per day in this little plant. So it'll go to the bud of the plant, the flower. Like inside the flower? And it'll lay them inside the flower, yeah. Ooh. That's I wonder if the flower likes that. Probably not. Especially <laughs> because when the caterpillars hatch, they eat the flower. Oh. Yeah, they'll eat it from the inside out. So well, Wasn't the flower like the fruit of the plant kind of? So like they don't yeah. really care that much. It's, it's not just, so bad. We it? like flowers a lot. I don't <laughs> think the plant cares very much. I don't know enough about plant reproduction. I think the flower is literally just to attract things, right? 
Isn't to that pollinate, like the... yeah. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Good. and yeah, butterflies are pollinators. So the, that mama butterfly is pollinating for the flower. So huh. maybe not so bad. Win-win. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll stay on the flower for about three molts. So, but I don't know. Ah, uh, three takes... molts. I remember when I was three molts. <laughs> Well, they only... How long is that? <laughs> I don't know, but they don't they don't stay for too long because it only they only get up to three to four millimeters, so very very small. Okay. Yeah, and then after they get to that point where they've done their three molts and they're very very small, they will drop off of the flower onto the ground. Once yes. they're on the ground, the larva will wait to be found by a very special kind of ant called the Miramica ant. Miramica ants are the European fire ants that I was mentioning earlier. Okay, so normally they would find something like this and be like, ooh, yum, food. And then they like would eat it or take it back and share it with their colony. Correct. But you said that it smells like spicy dirt, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So initially the caterpillar actually produces a sweet liquid for the ants to eat. These are the same ants that that will farm aphids. Oh, yes, I remember this. Yes. I remember that aphids make the the sweet jelly. Mm -hmm. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So because they're attracted to the sweet liquid, they will come to the caterpillar and then they will bring that caterpillar into their nest. Hey, check this out, guys. We found like this big, yeah, this big tube that squeezes out yum yums. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) So once the caterpillar is there, it becomes a parasite. Dun, dun, dun. The ants are tricked by that chemical that's produced by the butterfly larva, like I mentioned. The chemicals prevent the ants from attacking them because they are on the exoskeleton of the caterpillar and they're very similar to that of the ant young, like I mentioned. Very cool for the caterpillar. Well, yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm waiting for the the shoe to drop. Yeah, so one study that I read said that the chemicals that they produce are actually pretty similar to that of the queen ant larva, so they're gonna be treated like royalty. So like even better than the ants babies. Okay, so is this bad for the ants just because it's causing them to prioritize their resources incorrectly? Precisely. I see it. So they I was will... like, it seems like it could be a good give and take. Mm-hmm. They will prioritize the caterpillar over their own young, like the cuckoo oh. bird, if you are familiar. I don't like the cuckoo bird. Yes, it's very similar to that and situation. Cuckoo bird made me mad. <laughs> it's just like that. It's exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> so that caterpillar will result in fewer ant offspring, not only because the ants will prioritize the caterpillar, but also because the caterpillar will probably eat some of the ant babies. I mean, yeah, when no one's looking, Mm -hmm. they're like, hey, come here for a second. (laughs) We'll say (laughs) that. So the caterpillar will stay there for about 23 months, so almost two years, and it will grow to about 12 millimeters, which I didn't do the conversion, so not great. But I think maybe like a half inch based on all the other ones we did. Let's go with that. Somewhere I, I near really don't, a half inch. I don't know good converters. <laughs> and the weight of that caterpillar from when it dropped will increase by 100%. Very Ooh. much. Very much. It gets very big in there. Imagine then, if you were 100% heavier. No. <laughs> I would not like to imagine that. <laughs> so after it gains that weight and grows to that size, it will be time to pupate. And it does its pupa stage for about a month. 
Because it's a butterfly, this is a chrysalis, not a cocoon. We mentioned this briefly in our anatomy and classifications episodes. Yeah, can you give me a... Just a, for the listeners, definitely not for me, uh, just like, uh, what's the difference? I believe, based only off of memory, I can come back in later and add this if it's incorrect, but from my memory, a chrysalis is the exoskeleton hardening, and a cocoon is made from silk. That sounds yes. right, yeah. The- it's made from the spit stuff, and then the other one is just <laughs> like their shell got hard. Yes, I think that that's correct, because yeah. the moths are often known for their silk making, and that's usually what a cocoon is made out of. This is a butterfly. They just harden their exoskeleton. Mm. Okay. Do you think that makes like a crunchy sound or something? The pu- the, the hard. Well, you know, if that was like in a show, and it was like they were time-lapsing it hardening, it'd be like... <laughs> Yeah, foley-wise, for sure, it'd be crunchy. And then what would it sound like if they were making their cocoon with spit? They'd, it would have to be like... That's a you noise. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> I don't know. What you would you make it? sounds like tiny farts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it's like. Anyhow, <laughs> once the butterfly... I'm, I'm convinced they add noises into those nature shows. I cannot... Every Especially time, the underwater ones. I'm I like, come know. on. I, but then there's every time I look it up, it says that they have like special microphones. Well, maybe they do. It might be a combination of the two. Yeah, I don't know. But they sound very uh, noisy. Like everything does. Irregardless. <laughs> I don't know. Regardless. <laughs> Regardless, whatever. Ah, you and your tangents. <laughs> Once pupated, the butterfly leaves the ant nest. This is the only time that butterfly needs to be concerned. Because the ants will actually attack the butterfly during this time. Just while they're like grabbing their stuff and booking it. Exactly. Mm. They're coming out. They're like, that's not one of us. For sure. Definitely not an ant. And There's they- probably one that's like, I think he's still pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, you're probably right. So... To combat this, the butterflies actually have like a skill armor. So it makes the ant attacks. Like plus three armor or something? Yeah, okay. plus three for sure. That's definitely it. <laughs> plus three defense. Stop it. <laughs> you say stop it, but then you play along. No, I like it a lot. It's good. Listeners, let me know if you like it a lot. I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, they are able to leave because they've got that scale armor to protect them. When they're exiting the nest, they... Oh, literally oh. like scale, like scale yeah, armor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. like, well, it's like a scaly powder kind of, but it's covering their body so that when the ants attack them, they're just biting at the scales. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. They're very, very small, microscopic. I don't think you could see them, but that mm-hmm. is what's happening. Correct. <laughs> I thought that you thought I was just making a joke. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> scale armor? I don't know. I've been playing too many games, I guess. Same. <laughs> So, as I mentioned earlier, when they exit the nest, they have their wings wrapped around their body, which is what I was saying earlier with the males mating with the ladies that don't have their wings unwrapped. Oh, I see. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. So, they're just walking around, getting ready to stretch out their wings or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, now that they're done with their whole cycle, how long do they live? The... Um, Oh, yeah, you tell me. uh, Seven weeks. Total? Since the, after that part. Oh, after. That is a good guess. It's <laughs> That incorrect. means I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the imago, which is the adult phase of an insect, 
I actually had a very embarrassing situation quite recently where somebody was doing a crossword and they asked me what the adult phase of an insect was. And they were like waiting patiently for me to answer. And I was like, oh no, I don't know the answer to this. And then luckily my best friend was there to make a huge fool of me and say that he knew. So that's good. (laughs) But it's an imago. An imago? Mm -hmm. I-M-A-G-O. Uh, bingo. Uh, I, I wouldn't know that either. <laughs> right. Well, but you're not the insect nerd. But anyways, it's an imago. And they're in this stage for one to two days. Oh, mm-hmm. I forget it's usually sad. Yeah. Butterflies don't live all that long once they're actually butterflies. Yeah. It was like the, there was another one we covered and it's like they spent like 95% of their life like swimming around and then yeah. they were like, I can fly. And then they died like immediately after. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So these butterflies are also like that. I think there are some butterfly species that don't die quite as quickly, but usually it's not too long. So total, it's about two years because they live, you know, 23 months in the... In three days. And then three days. (laughs) Two days. Yeah. So they are like a semi-social group because they're laid in big egg hatches and then they kind of get taken into the ant hive and they they live in the ants so like it's kind of a group and then once they leave as butterflies they're all in the same area so they're not like attacking each other but they're not like sharing food or anything they're just like doing their own thing near each other exactly i wouldn't call them solitary so we're gonna call them a group species okay Uh they are sadly pretty rare they're britain's rarest butterfly and that is sadly because they are a threatened species is it because of the habitat? Likely so. Yeah. Um, I wasn't able to well, find I mean, a direct bo- reason. underwater marshes oh and stuff. Oh my gosh. Probably not very. You it's have to find meadows, a cave. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's likely just due to, you know, the same stuff that kills off most stuff on our planet. Human apartments. interference. Apartments. etc. <laughs> I mean, you you, ju- you jest, but yeah, it's it's because, you know. Their land is being taken away. Also, butterflies need meadows cl- like next to each other, like groups yeah. of flowers nearby. And if they get too far away, then they only have that one little area to survive on, and it's not very practical. Yeah, like it, it, we uh, we'll keep something like that around because it looks nice, but mm-hmm. we'll only keep like one, and then we'll build a bunch of crap around it. Yeah, and then, yeah. Whereas before, it was like a whole area of exactly. that similar landscape. Yeah, because if they can't get to another area, then their resources are diminished. They only lay their eggs on this one flower. Okay, so what if all the flowers in their area have been inhabited by another female who laid her eggs there? And then what are they supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's probably why. Sad. Very sad. Sad. Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) Are they dangerous? No, not at all. They're They're cute. Very cute cute and very good. They're dangerous to my um, something. I don't know. To your cute halves? They'd That's probably, not a thing. I don't know. If I had like a dirty straw, they'd probably be danger, in danger, I guess, because I'd use them to clean it or something. I don't know. Oh, because the pipe cleaner thing. Yeah. Dude, I was <laughs> trying so hard. That was, was a like, long what? one. What? <laughs> that was a stretch. It's okay. We got there. What is this word I wrote? Okay. Predators. Okay. So this is a very specific insect predator. And its name looks ridiculous. It is going to be hard to pronounce. <laughs> We're going to guess here. We're going to say Lichnemon umerus wasp. I'm going to spell that for you because 
It sounded not that bad, but it's spelled real bad. It's L-C-H-N-E-U-M-O-N and then E-U-M-E-R-U-S. What? Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, what? I think you did the best you could. I did. It's a wasp. It's a parasitoid wasp. It will find the alcon butterfly larva, so the little caterpillars, and it will release the pheromones that trick the ants into attacking each other. Ooh. So, yes, this wasp goes in there. He's like, whoosh. And then all the ants are like, I hate you. And then they attack each other. And they're <laughs> like, we're fighting each other. Why are we fighting? <laughs> and in the chaos, the wasp will find the butterfly larva and inject its egg into it. The butterfly larva? Oh, like mm-hmm. the other butterfly that are in there already. Right. So the wasp goes into the ant's nest. So many layers. I know. The wasp goes into the ant's nest because the ants fight. The ants are already protecting this butterfly larva, the caterpillar. Mm. The, the wasp is there for that caterpillar. So he gets everybody fighting. He goes to the caterpillar. He injects its egg. And then during the pupation stage of the caterpillar... The wasp larva will eat the caterpillar and the chrysalis from the inside out. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, it's kind of like a whodunit where they're like, <laughs> I know who the murderer is. And then be like, no, I know who the murderer is. And it just keeps like stacking over and over. Yeah, it's wild. So that, that means that multiple different species developed ways to chemically trick another species to make their babies happen and all the same ones it was like the aphid the ant and Mm -hmm. then the and then the butterfly and then now a wasp Mm -hmm. all in the same circle here yeah all the same species of ant connected to it that's just crazy crazy. that's three separate there's two different pheromones and a juice just for one ant (laughs) so those are the species that i mentioned at the top when i was trying to say that myrechmophile thing Mm. Because it's this this species of ant, the Mirumi. Very cool. Or whatever. Yeah, you know, words are good. <laughs> so, environmental impact of the butterfly. They're pollinators, so they're very good for the environment. Positive impact, as and, we mentioned. And pretty. So. And pretty, you know, good for your eyeballs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a little bit of karma for their tricking the ants. Well, the, the wasp. wasp. Yeah. <laughs> There was a study in Poland that found that a very, very large number of the larvae at pupa stage were parasitized by those parasitoid wasps. Ah, uh, so low so like, chances. Very high. It, I mean, I low think, chances of not oh, being <laughs> yeah. parasitized. Yes. It was about, so one study found it was about 60% of the of the pupated larvae of the caterpillar had the wasp in it. Mm-hmm. Another one said three-fourths, so a lot. Jeez. Quite a bit. And I mean, that's area specific, but it is it is what's happening. <laughs> Those parasitoid wasps found their niche and they took it. Yeah, for it seems sure. that way. <laughs> So very sad when I was looking around for an Instagram photo from a macro photographer for this one. I was told by this photographer that the Alcon blue is extinct in their area as of last year. Oh, no. I know. So sad. He lives in the Netherlands in a place called Twente. And apparently, as of 2020, this beautiful butterfly is no longer there. Well, that's sad. Isn't that horrible? So, yeah. M- make more plants, you guys. Make sure that when when they're making plans to build more people places, <laughs> they account for butterfly needs. <laughs> 
Yeah, they should do some sort of like life survey and like think about impact a little bit more, maybe. I agree. I think, uh, you know, they're doing a lot to try to combat some of the climate change stuff and the extinction stuff. And I think they're making biodiversity a bigger, you know, standpoint for that kind of argument because a lot of people don't consider that. Mm -hmm. It's extremely important and they're finally starting to bring that in. So hopefully there's efforts being made to kind of regenerate some of these populations or at least accommodate for the ones that are still present. That yeah, is better late than for. never. Yeah. Yeah. So as is going to be a norm now, we're going to be doing macro shout outs. This time it's not going to be the most ever. It's just a couple because I got most of them on our, on our last one. This week we're going to talk about, well not talk about, we're going to shout out three different photographers. There is at insect underscore paparazzi and they very let cool. me yeah very cool <laughs> and they let me borrow a close-up photo of a jerusalem cricket who was playing dead very cute love that Aww. and then the next photographer i'm going to shout out is at the charge it's z-a charge and they also let me use a photo of a Jerusalem cricket. This one was a little bit further out, and you could see the whole cricket. Not a real cricket, but you get it. Yeah. Potato bug. Very cute. Loved it. He was in some, like, autumn leaves. It was very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last uh, shout-out I'm going to do is for the photographer who let me use the photo of the Alcon butterfly. It will be released tomorrow, but is not currently present there as of recording. That is going to be at, ooh, it's a tough one. Like I mentioned, from the Netherlands, so I'll give it a shot. <laughs> it's at Marijk Schaefer. We're going to go with that. And it's M-A-R-I-J-K-E-S-C-H-E-F-F-E-R. And that's going to be that butterfly. It's a beautiful photo. It's the one that you're looking at now, Matt. Yeah, it's really nice. Good job. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me about this beautiful butterfly? I don't. I wish there was more, but you me know. Too. Me too. But, you know, we'll do what we can to protect the butterflies. Yes. The flybys or whatever the you call fl them. Flutterbys. <laughs> I'm going to have to check up Bambi actually said that. It might have been flower that said it. It's fine. It's okay. All right. So let's do our, you know, normal stuff that happens at the end. Please rate and review the show. Always mention it to anybody that you know who might like bugs or, you know, just could use a little something to listen to. I have some friends that are not into bugs at all, but they listen to this while they clean and I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, you can find us on social media, specifically pretty much only Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Just Bugs Podcast. And you can email us with listener stories or listener requests at justbugspodcast at gmail.com. Am I forgetting anything? That's that, that's it. I, I always think. forget if I'm forgetting things. I think that's it, though, guys. I think that's life. Yeah, for, <laughs> sure, for, for sure for me. I'm very forgetful. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, don't squish bugs. Don't squish bugs. Don't squish the bugs. Bye. 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 Thank you.